Hello. Hello. Hey, Maxi boy. Hello, Juicy. How's it Second. going? It's uh, super great. I'm fine. How <laughs> are you? Super great. I like it. Yeah, super great. It's me. <laughs> super great guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's second episode you wanted to say, I think. Second episode of the year. Or <gasps> You must be a magician. I am you a can, great can... mind reader, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah. Not much to read there, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> lot of empty space but yeah you know whatever Oof. you find <laughs> it's really good you know if someone stabs me with a sword they can miss my brain Aha! <laughs> exactly you thought you would kill me i have uh, a very tiny brain Aha! <laughs> 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 jokes on you bam <laughs> anyway yeah. hey and hey to you guys listening to this yeah, exactly. We we are bad to say to, to saying hello to our viewers. Actually, it's it's good you your viewers. Right? Yes, listeners. our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we're off to a good start here. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what's the topic about for today, Maxi Boy? Well, actually, it's your it's your topic, and ah, uh, so that you, was a true question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you wanted to um, talk about uh, choosing your game genre, right? Exactly. Uh, that's actually one of the questions that I'm asking myself a lot these days, because uh, you know I've had a kind of a failed game, and you learn a lot by failing and failing quickly and failing a lot, and from that you just take the best parts of what you learn and you do something uh, else with it. And the questions that I'm that I'm asking myself these days are basically, what do I go with next? I do have a lot of assets, which are original assets uh, that I've developed and you know, made myself, and also had a lot of uh, uh, communication uh, with other companies who made these for me. And there is value in these assets, and I want to reuse them. You know, yeah, it's not just an asset flip; it's just it's things that I actually own that are original to to my game and I don't want to go from from my crystal corruption game I want to take my concept and I've perturbed it and I've done a lot of tweaking to it and I do have a couple of platform uh, not platform uh, a couple of prototypes now the problem is the there is a lot of I do have like three prototypes right now and the question like I said is what genre do I go with? What is my next project? How, how do I go about taking it to the next level, learning from my mistakes and taking it to uh, something that I think the players would like? Yeah, yeah. And one of the projects that I'm working on is a platformer game. It's, it's basically a Castlevania game where you can go, uh, you go about, you hear, you, you learn about the, the king of that land uh, and his way back basically from uh, being dead getting resurrected and finding himself in this really weird state that his country is in and you learn a lot about the the people that have died and the people that backstab the king and you go about doing things in the metroidvania kind of a style platformer ish uh some people say roguelikes um and there's also a couple of elements that I put thrown in, that I've thrown in to the game, which are more strategic, which are more what happens if you kill a boss, uh, are you really just going through the levels one by one, or do you do stuff uh, more strategically for the long run? And yeah. 
the questions there have been really cool and I've really had a real cool uh, concept made out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second the second thing that I'm working on right now is a basically a hack and slash where you're going with the with the king and you're doing a combination of hack and slash slash um tower defense ish okay and the problems that i have with the, with that concept is it's a multiplayer game and it's supposed to be for the online uh as an online game which in and of itself is really good there's no problem with it except that if you don't get the the uh, the required player base then your game is basically doomed yeah yeah that's true and that's i don't want to like put in too much effort into that and try to get a player base when i when i'm this i'm actually really early on in this project and going about it uh putting in effort and time and market stuff is basically the gist of getting this project up and going but because uh, i need to have funding i need to do it with funding right and i need to be able to say that hey i do have a player base which consists of blah 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 but also at the same time in order to be able to do that i need to have that player base and i can't do it without the marketing and things that we talked about in previous uh, episodes yeah yeah so there's a risk uh, in that game as well and the third one that i'm working on is basically going over uh just having a basic hack and slash game uh with no with no online then or exactly with no online it's just a single player game yeah that you go with. the same thing with the metroidvania by the way uh but i know that there are a lot of people requesting multiplayer games in terms of metroidvanias as well and well i haven't really figured out that part yet yeah yeah well i mean their online is big of course it's uh, people like to play with their friends um especially in these times where where um, a lot of these types of games that you would never thought would be popular just suddenly got popular because people are more at home and they're playing more games i think we talked about this in some episode like uh game you you mentioned some examples and i had some examples of uh, games like fall guys and all these these types of games that have become a lot um a lot more popular just because they uh, people are more at home and and gaming more and watching streams more and and things like that yeah. um so it, it's definitely um it's something that that is um you know it's it's not required for game development i don't i don't want to put it that way but a lot of people are looking for online uh feature features to to the game um but uh, um, there's a there's you mentioned some 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 genres there. Um, so what what would we recommend a new game developer should get into? What's the easiest, for example? I would say the absolutely easiest is to do a roguelike game and going about with a, just a single player uh, game mode where you're just going through one level after the other should be the easiest kind of a game yeah. of those three that I that I said that I mentioned um there there are probably even easier ones uh if you're going about like making a racing game there's not much to the racing 
genre, right? There's There's been, uh, don't take me the wrong way, the racing genre has basically been in a stagnation kind of a state, in my opinion, where there has been little innovation to the genre. Yeah, I kind of agree with the, with that. Yeah, that's uh, uh, true. You have this player base that is, uh, they buy the games because they love the games uh, that they pre- played previously, but throughout the, the 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 genres themselves, it's basically the same. You do yeah. have the the basic gist the, in terms of physics going about being the same. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I know um, I'm a big card game guy, or at least was uh, when I was younger. And uh, I know that the greatest innovation that was made in, in the card game uh, genre was in the early days when, you know, you um, we started to have the possibility to see the wheel spinning and, you know, you could move the steering wheel. And then they got destruction and physics into the games. That I think, you know, that's that's when the biggest innovation happened but that's a while ago now so yeah, i think no, it was like playstation 2 or something right yeah i mean it was uh even playstation 1 to be uh, not the destruction physics uh, type type things but playstation 1 i know because i i own a lot of formula 1 games so i could follow that development very closely because as you said as as a as a uh, car uh, or racing uh, genre uh, person you buy the games because you love you know simulators or some something like that for me personally i love formula one a lot so i bought the formula one games i i do love cars a lot and um cars have been a passion for me so i bought the gran turismo games for example um but as you said that that's because of of passion and not anything else really and I feel that a lot of the innovation, like yeah, in PlayStation One titles, so Formula One Two Thousand, which I which I played a lot, I think you had spinning wheels and a spinning steering wheel. You didn't have uh, destruction in the same way. Um, I can't really remember if there was any destruction. Actually, it's a long time since I played that game. Um, but um, then came that those parts, and that was really cool. I mean, as a gamer, like, oh, nice! Like now, if I make a mistake, you get realistic uh, computations on on physics, and you get destruction and all that, and that that was very cool. Um, but um, yeah, now now I think they're adding more like online features. Um, there was this this game. Uh, what what was it called? It was something like Paradise City or something like that. You were you could race uh, with people online, and you could go seamlessly be between online and offline mode. Um, but you know it's and then you have the Need for Speed games. But I, I just you know for the Need for Speed, I just feel that there's not much being done there. To be honest, actually, there are a lot done in terms of uh, in terms of game modes. Um, they they have this what was it Hot Pursuit, which was yeah throw throwing a lot. I think they threw in a lot of police things. Uh, I mean things surrounding police chases. Um, they added a lot of story mode to the games, um, and those things. Uh, yeah. But in terms of overall gameplay, it's probably the same. It has been for a while. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you were touching on uh, was the when the they added this physics thing into the game you started to, to feel like, oh, shit, well, now I can do stuff, right? Uh, but also, you, I imagine that you kind of felt the uh, the need to 
not do the wrong thing, right? You yeah, were yeah, to exactly. Avert, yeah. You were trying to avert doing the the wrong thing because you didn't, you didn't want to feel punished because of your mistakes. Uh, and that's, I think, that's when they started to add in human psychology into the games as well. It's not just a game that you go in uh, and play for five minutes and drop it. They yeah. tr they tried to actually reward you for things that you did well, or punish you in this time in in this example. Yeah, and I mean some some uh, I know that the newer Formula One games include a kind of realistic career where you have you know the the, the part where behind the scenes uh, basically but it's not i mean it's not something super special and it's definitely not the focus of, yeah. of the actual game i mean the focus is that it should be a simulator and and it should be as close to reality as possible um and then you get all these um uh, you know all these all these things where you where you uh, get damage to the car and uh, yeah you know all all those things but to be honest i mean you <sighs> You don't have to be uh, a super Formula One fanatic to play the game, but um, it sure does help a lot because the game rewards you for for that commitment, basically. So yeah, but car car, ga uh, car game car uh, game wise, I I think one of the one of the more attractive titles, which I haven't played to be honest, but Forza Motorsport, which is uh, the Microsoft title is pretty exciting and a lot of people have good experiences on it now i know that there's some online mode but i i don't really know uh how it works but it what i've seen from from uh from gameplay it does look fun uh and and uh it does look a bit different than other car, car games but um yeah i i don't i don't have any experience in it so uh, i i, I, really I think it, i think there uh, the forte, their thing that they were focusing on was trying to get as close to reality as possible, right? With their physics. Yeah. I think they, that's their thing. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about Paradise, uh, the game. Uh, it's Burnout. Burnout, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just came uh, to realize it. Uh, Burnout is one of the... There are a couple of games in the, in the racing genre that are doing things a bit different, right? You have this Need for Speed game that we were talking about. We have uh, Burnout, uh, and Burnout is one of my favorite games in terms of car racing games because they do they focus on getting crashes, right? It's more of a PvP kind of game yeah. more than actually just uh, driving around. And you have these missions to take down a couple of uh, cars, and you have other missions where you're supposed to like wreck a whole traffic situation. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's Dis kind of destruction funny because... was a big part of it anyway yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and that's one of the well, that's one way the, the the racing industry or the game in uh, the race game industry <laughs> uh, innovated itself that's by adding all those physics things that didn't really they weren't really focusing on the on the racing aspect of it they they focused on doing missions they focused on physics they focused on uh, things that you couldn't do in a normal life when you were driving a car. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and that was actually really cool. Yeah, but like um, I said, that's that's the the last place that I found real innovation in terms of uh, car racing games. Yeah, I, I like I said, I would you know I I can't speak about uh, Forza Motorsport. I I know that it's a very popular game. 
so there might be some innovation being done there but i mean basically there are very few titles i would say like another innovate um innovative uh, title is um what's it called this uh football car game um rocket league oh rocket league yeah yeah so that's but that's not really a, a racing game in the same sense right it's it's a um, all these other games, I, I think you can you can customize your cars in different ways. I don't know if you can do that in Rocket League. Yeah, you um, can. You can. Yeah, you do have a couple of customizations. Okay. And you unlock them, etc. Because that's that's kind of a, you know, that's that's a different concept, and it seems to be working very well. Um, so you yeah. know, every time someone mentions Rocket League, it really breaks my heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really makes me. I mean. I'm happy for the success, uh, and it's a really cool game, and I played I played it a lot uh, in the early days as well. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I did the prototype, which was exactly the same thing. <laughs> they just took it to the whole uh, a whole another level with their with the design and the with just three people playing around in the team, and uh, <laughs> but it was basically exactly the same. <laughs> uh, so when I look back, I look back with regret. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a missed opportunity based on the yeah. fact that it's a very popular game nowadays. So yeah. yeah, I think they they managed to do it time it right with their when they released it. Yeah, and I think their success has been uh, the one factor of that is because of the timing, but also their way of adding two things mesh, mesh, mashing it up together uh football in this case soccer in for us european people yeah um and racing cars right yeah it's uh like i i think that would be the first tip of this episode that timing is very important if you didn't already know that uh but um you know it's it's uh it does matter um you need to it's an analysis that you kind of have to do as well, I guess, uh, as to what, what are people playing most, what is very popular. Um, should you design your own genre, uh, for example? Um, or should you go... I mean, there, there's always a risk because, um, you know, between this thing of going very popular, where you might get... Your game might get lost in the amount of games coming out in that genre, or going... Uh, in in another way where um, maybe people are not that interested at the time but you might make them interesting interested in in that if you have a good game uh, and if yeah. you have a good idea and i want to add to that um, not only is timing important uh, in success but it's also important in uh, when you're when you fail because i mean yeah. just look at cyberpunk right they rushed the thing in the end because they thought that, hey, now is a perfect time to re release the game uh, because everyone's at home and playing game, uh, which should take the sales uh, way up high. And we know how that went. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they did They did have a good... Uh, you can't... You can't... There's a lot of things you can say about it, but there's one thing that they did very well, and that's hype the game, actually. I mean, yeah. and create and a they... great community... Uh, exactly um, a toxic community but still a community a, a very big community <laughs> yeah <laughs> a caring community but um so there's one thing i want to add as well before we move on um you see you mentioned as well that a the game could be very successful from the get-go uh basically 
and if you if you build the game in the in the right in the right way and people start to uh, realize that hey this is a cool game i want to go into this hype train basically yeah. and one of the the problems that many indie developers have had in the past is when you get the success how do you keep that momentum going yeah and one of the, one of the the coolest games in terms of visual representation and visual aspects of of the, the aesthetics of a game uh, was Battle Right. Uh, I mentioned the game to you previously, and uh, we've played it together. Yeah. They they had to close down their the their service uh, because they couldn't keep up with the actual success, uh, which made players turn down the game and move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And that is really unfortunate because the game is really good. It had a lot of potential. They added a lot of cool stuff to it. Uh, but because of their success, they couldn't really, they didn't really expect the game to be that great uh, in terms of player base, and they couldn't keep up with the with the amount of content that they needed to add to the game, as well as their online features and community management, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and that's 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 a thing where where measurements actually matter. We talked about measurements, and it feels that if you underestimated the success of the game that much. Then something must have gone wrong when you were doing, you know, measurements and community building and all that. Um, for for because I mean, if you if you do your homework and you watch and analyze the community and you have the right tools, I guess you can actually anticipate. Uh, in that case, in that in that case, I think they did everything right in terms of community management. The problem was, uh, from my point of view, I know a couple of people that worked on the project. Uh, I've met them, but I can't really tell how the, the story went from start to finish. But one thing that I heard was that uh, the game, one of the problems with their business model was that they went to, for a free-to-play uh, type of a game. Okay. Uh, which is basically forcing you as a developer to add new content all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, things to the characters. You need to, uh, like you said, you need to measure which characters are uh, are played the most, which are the the best uh, aesthetic stuff that they put on the characters, the skins, etc. Um, and if they find that hey, these ten characters are played more than others, then they need to balance the game again, and then something else happens. Yeah, and they yeah. need to like put in a lot of effort, put in a lot of resources into getting the game to a state where would would it have been in a different way uh would the business model have done been in a, as a uh, pay once or premium game or online subscription or something they could have had the they could have added more uh people to the team yeah yeah now i don't know exactly how the story goes etc i might have misspoken here but that's my my image of the the unsuccessful or the unfortunate rather uh uh story of bad right yeah exactly that's uh, that's sad i mean having a popular game that you need a very popular game that you need to drop because you can't keep up yeah. keep up that's uh i mean that's tragic actually because you actually created something that people think is a lot of fun and you you kind of have to kill it um so but yeah. that's also one of, one of the good things because if you have 
uh, now sorry that this team was say seven people doing it I don't, uh, I don't really know exactly but say there were seven people and they had to go, go through all of this um, next time they create a game or the assets that they have now they can create a new game right and with yeah. that they can go to publishers and say hey look at this we have created one of the most successful games in this genre we rewrote this game into this version uh, and we expect the number of people to explode blah 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 we're more prepared this time because we learned this and that yeah and and i think that's one thing that people as indie developers really underestimate the the power of failure because if you if you fail and if you, if you fail a lot you learn a lot right yeah exactly yeah i i i have to say that that there there is no there's no waste of time as soon as long as you're actually trying to do something productive and and uh, trying to create something <clears throat> like um you know that's that's like with everything there's there's no actual waste of time that's just training to make you better uh of course you'll fail i think that you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes to be honest um at least in my professional career that that has been um a, both a driving factor but also the the greatest learning experiences because when you actually when if you succeed with something you're, you're like oh, okay i succeeded and it's behind me that's fine you never you never uh, think about it or but if you fail with something and you fail and then you succeed then you'll always remember it. it's like oh yeah remember that time we couldn't fix this thing and we were trying to look for it and it was this thing and then you you, you kind of store it and the next time you do it you won't make that mistake so we'll make new mistakes because we always make make mistakes but there's there's no wasted time so it's like when you develop your first game you fail or whatever it wasn't a waste of time because you learned a bunch of things along the way so it's um, i would say it's even better to fail at the first game and the yeah. second game and the third game than actually succeeding not because you don't didn't learn stuff it's more that if you think for a second that hey your first game was a smash hit i let's make the second one that the second one will get the same kind of hype as, as the first one would get is just nonsense because you were probably lucky or you had the right timing or you had uh it was retweeted in in some way and people started to realize hey this is a cool game that i want to play and then all of a sudden you have this huge success i mean there sure there are some people who have made real fortunes of their first game uh i can't really remember if minecraft is was his first game um, was, no idea was, i think he was creating the engine and then started to make the game out of it could be and then yeah. it became a success yeah um but either way it's it's obnoxious to think that the first game that you create would be a success yeah and it's also um to to be honest it's it's good that it's not a success because let's put it the other way in your case where you where you said well your first game becomes a smash hit and let's say that you have um even bigger um expectations for your second game uh, and that's that that's kind of bad because you know you you succeeded you don't know really why maybe you, like you said you you don't have a lot of experience it's your first game it's a great success yeah 
um, but you still don't have the experience of this these different failures so you don't you don't really know uh, what's going to happen with with the second game and if you get these all these expectations then then uh, it's going to be a lot harder with without any experience or at least experience from one game to start to start developing this second game that now has a lot of expectations on it and if you fail you know that's that's kind of that's pretty bad um because because people will be uh disappointed and and all that and uh, they might lose faith in you and then your third game might just not matter at all so it's um it's good to have these failures but as you said i mean most of the times believing that your first ever ever game will be a success is um then you have a lot of self-confidence to be honest <laughs> and <laughs> no, it there's probably nothing, won't happen so there's nothing wrong with believing and uh, thinking that the first one will be a success because you just with this right mindset will get you further than you would have if you didn't have the that mindset right? yeah yeah so uh, but also just tying it back to to how how you want to choose your genre uh now we were talking about racing game but there are a lot of games out there uh one of the things that i that i'm one of the mistakes that i did with my game uh was that i tried to build a game only for local multiplayer right yeah i wanted to create something like a smash together super smash brothers with diablo and league of legends and then you would get this uh this game that you could create uh, that you could play on the console together with your family or friends over a beer and just kick their butt and the the thought was kind of okay but the problem was that i set my bar too low that was the first that was one thing and the second one was i was really bad with marketing now the the game itself is kind of a mashup of different genres so the game itself would have been uh something new uh it, it was a mashup of different genres which made the publishers really confused where who were your customers yeah yeah uh, and even though my 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 point of view was really clear and when i pitched it to them it was really clear uh who i want the gamers to be uh, or rather who which gamers i think that the game would adhere to and attract uh, and they were on board with that but the problem was it was local multiplayer only and they were they wanted this uh, super high high fidelity game oh yeah yeah uh, just a quick mention the game the aesthetics of the game are kind of high fidelity and the one of the problems that i showed them with the game was that i expect them to get the mechanics from the get-go the demo the demo yeah. that i had was it was a you were expected to know all the mechanics from the get-go before actually having a tutorial i didn't build a tutorial level because i thought that hey uh it's just like super smash brothers go in just push a couple of buttons and something will come out on the other uh, on the other end right yeah but that's not what what the uh, publishers saw they they saw this confusion uh, among players and that was one of the problems that i had as well Mm -hmm. and, and if, when you're talking about setting the bar too low was that the the exception of online done in this case yeah exactly okay. exactly because i didn't want to go the online road uh as a solo dev i thought that hey 
let's just create uh, this. Like I said, a Metrovania would, would have been the same thing here. You just play a solo game uh, locally and you go through one level after the other. But since I was creating basically a new genre, the online feature would have been uh, something that was desired. Yeah, but yeah, I, I and think, it was only. Know, yeah, I, I, I don't think, to be honest, uh, I, I, I don't think that you, 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 you might think that you set the bar too low for yourself, but I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so because it's, it's, uh, it's hard to ex to expect from a solo dev to to add the the online feature as well. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing. When when you when you go pitch the the game to a publisher, it's not just the that you do it solo. Of course, if you have a, a track record, that would have helped. Uh, but the problem was uh, when I pitched the game, I thought of the game as being the first game in a French in the franchise, which would also make my my company grow. Yeah. from being just a solo dev company to a team of four or five people. Okay. Um, so when I pitched it, I was actually pitching it as if the company was four or five people. Okay, okay. Then I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I guess, uh, like you said, lesson, lesson learned. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so... I mean, there was no harm because I didn't, I didn't get any funding for, for this. And I didn't have any... I don't have anyone that I am responsible for in terms of my company, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just me. The other ones were, uh, what is it called? Uh, contractors. Yeah. The people that, that I worked with were contractors. So they got their money and they were happy. And I'm happy because I got my assets. Yeah, that's that's true. And so um, there's, nothing, there's nothing lost. I just gained a lot of experience. And one, this podcast is one of the reasons... Uh, this is one way to express that experience. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like you, yeah, like you're saying, and also I think that you know, um, I see uh, assets as invested money. Basically, exactly. they're they're exactly. an investment. They're 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 a loss only if you don't do anything with them, right? So exactly. if if they're just laying there to rot, then it's 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 a waste of money because you're never gonna do anything with with them. You're not gonna sell them on or or uh, develop a new game with them so if, as long as they're just there lying there then yeah sure and if and, and if you don't plan on doing anything with your existing assets uh then it's a waste of money but as long as you know you you're planning to do something something with them create a new game use them for something else then it's that it's an investment it's an investment exactly. in yourself so it's it's never a waste of money um even though these are digital products they are still products um and it's it's better that they're digital products because they never lose value in the same way as physical products do so so from from that perspective uh, yeah you, as you said you you gain the experience you gain gain the assets and now you can decide if you want to use some of them to to make another game and then you already have them so it's it's easier the next time around because exactly. they're already there so um yeah but um and i do have the my framework you know because i've created a lot of code and i do have a lot of frameworks uh, i mean code for doing a lot bunch of stuff uh so it's even even easier the next time around yeah now i did look into unreal engine and their online multiplayer features 
and it's really cool. Uh, to be honest, if I had gone with the Unreal Unreal Engine from the beginning, I might have gone with the uh, with the online feature from the get go, because it was really easy to get going with. Yeah. Um, with multiplayer. Unless you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you wanted to do the game lift thing with Amazon, which was really a pain in the butt, and I gave up. <laughs> 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 my computer ran out of space a couple of times so i was like nah i can't i can't do this <laughs> yeah well some some things are are more complicated than they should be um online i i know we lost we lost our episode on networking and we should pick it up at at some point but um yeah online is um is a bit more complex because um because of the ways um because of the way networking works uh, it's not always super straightforward, and um, yeah, so it's it's a, a bit of a, a bit of a hassle. I want to ask you something. What is the most complex game genre that you can think of? Well, um, like uh, like you said, because uh, um, I wanted to switch to some something else as well and talk about it, but I think that in my mind, the most complex is open world. Yeah. Okay. MMORPGs. Um, yeah, exactly. So, or open like, world, like survivals. No, no, not not like survivals, but uh, not like Rust, for example, which is a survival game. But uh, for example, let's let's say because it was newly launched, Cyberpunk, uh, or uh, um, Zelda. Um, or... Okay, so single player. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think single player open world, but open world um, uh, specifically, I think, uh, but. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I retract my answer. I'll, I'll go with single player open world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's um, that is interesting. That is really interesting to hear. <laughs> yeah. Because from a, from a game dev standpoint, uh, now I haven't really tackled the open world, uh, problem. I have read up on it, and I've done a lot of research in terms of how you structure the game in, in open worlds and how you want to make sure that every level that you go through can be completed yeah. if you have the, the correct items, etc. Uh, but also the story-wise, story how do you go about creating a story that is open world, etc., uh, etc. Et yeah. Uh, interesting that yeah, you think that... Uh, well, I mean, the, the reason, and and that's one of the genres that I, I, I kind of don't think that um, new game developers should go after for their first game is because open world requires a lot uh, from you as a developer. This, this is, I mean, it's it's kind of based on the complexity of the game. So you're supposed to uh, create a story, create the characters. You're supposed to have these massive environments because it is open world. Um, you need to have a at least decently working AI um because the world shouldn't feel empty right so um it's like in the case of of cyberpunk right there there are there were a lot of elements there where the city because it is a city of course you know it's it's where this is happening as well which open world because if it's happening in some desert then yeah you don't expect to see a lot of people but then it's it's hard to do stuff in the desert as well you need some place where you can where people can relate to so if it's a desert then it's it's even harder to make content for the game missions and stuff um if it's a city that's the other extreme 
So it needs to feel alive. It needs to have a lot of AIs doing stuff, um, a lot of people, quotation marks, doing, they having daily routines and all these things. And then you have to handle the complexity of that. You need to handle the complexity of rendering all that, optimizing all that. Do you want to be on console? Then you, you really need to optimize things. Uh, do you want to be on PC? You still need to optimize things, not as much, but still. Um, and character development, missions, like you said, and building up this whole thing. I mean, I think that an open world game requires a team of developers. Uh, I think that for a solo developer, for example, that's a very hard task to do. I'm not saying that you can't do it. You can do it, but it's going to take... I mean, just look at Cyberpunk. So they, they have one of the biggest game, game creator studios in the world, and it still took them eight years to create this game. Uh, now, of course, they're going for AAA status and all those things, but still, you know, they have a huge team behind them, and they have artists, and they have uh, screenwriters, and they have game designers, and they have, you know, all that is required to create a game. And still, it took them eight years. So think about it as a single developer. You're going for something like this. It's going to take a while. So that's why I wouldn't recommend. Um, There's also world. another aspect of it. And as a solo dev, you want to have track record, right? You want to create as many games as possible. Yeah. Uh, so that you can go to a publisher and say that, hey, I've created 30 games. And they were no success. But this is the reason why. And this is what I've learned. And next time I'm going to create a platform game. And I know this is going to take me two years because I've done these 15 games, which are basically the same, but I want to take it to the next level. Yeah. Ish. Uh, that gives you as a developer uh, a platform to stand on. When you go to a publisher, you know that, hey, I'm talking about experience. I'm not just saying something. I want to create this open, massive open world story-based game with AI that is impossible to re recreate if you want to go with, uh, go about it doing blah, blah 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 I mean every time you throw out these buzzwords you're losing your publisher's uh, faith in you yeah basically yeah uh, it's uh, it's like you said I mean it's uh, you're 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 gonna pitch something massive and that but you haven't developed a game you haven't completed one game before yeah I mean, it's, it's there's going to be no credibility to that. Exactly. Um, uh, the reason why I asked you for the the most complex genre was um, I thought they would, that you would answer MMORPGs because they are immensely complex. Uh, but you'd be surprised to see how many indie devs I've met that actually say that, hey, I want to create this... Uh, I want to create World of Warcraft, but with da 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 hack and slash elements, yeah. not this da da da. I want to create an MMORPG, which has a super complex uh, leveling tree, skill tree, all kinds of trees. Yeah. Uh, e even the even the trees themselves are etc. <laughs> etc. Et uh, you'd be surprised to see as as to how many people actually start off with creating an MMORPG. And then when they realize that, hey, this game looks crap, uh, they just drop the game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Of course, it's one of the, the most popular games uh, that has ever been. Like, World of Warcraft is extremely popular, and online is cool, 
so I mean, I, I can understand the attraction uh, to the genre. I, actually, I wanted to, when I was, uh, when we were talking about designing a game, I wanted to create an MMO. It's, it's not an MMORPG in itself. It was a, a kind of an MMO uh, shoot 'em up game. Uh, where you pl where my thoughts at the time were to have one one twenty eight players so one hundred and twenty eight players uh, trying to uh, it was it was supposed to in my mind at least I I didn't really design it but um, in my mind it was a post apocalyptic world and you were hunting for resources and then you were competing in squads of four as one hundred and twenty eight people on this huge huge uh, huge maps. Uh, which basically are deserted cities. So that was one of my my first thoughts um, to to create a this massive. It is not massive multiplayer because 128 players at a time is not considered massive uh, today. Um, it was uh, considered not massive in the in the world of RPGs either, but it was considered uh, as a lot of players in the world of. FPS or third-person uh, shooters, um, so yeah, there there is some attraction there to 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 all these, and I can understand the feelings. Uh, I I do, but it's you have to realize that they are these games are very complex. I, I know that you yeah, know, they are online online uh, MMORPGs are. I would say uh, I don't know if I I would say that there are less complex that there are other degrees of complexity when it comes to the networking stuff. I mean I I think that infrastructure is one of the biggest um, biggest things for for online massive multiplayer is because you have to fit six million players let's say onto these servers. So you have to be smart about it. You can't you know just do it uh, and and uh, not think about it. So you need that experience. Um, but yeah. So I, to be honest, th th there's a there's a lot there, and that's why the the bigger studios actually create this. Now that it's okay if you go, like you said, you go create thirty games. Um, you have the experience, then you can build a team and you can start creating an open world game. Yeah, sure. You know that's uh, that's a viable option. It doesn't mean that you can never create an open world game. Um, it just means that it can't be your first game. Or it can be your first game, but you're probably not going to succeed with that because it's it's a lot of work. Um, I wanted I want to point out something that you you just made me uh, remember. You know dice, right? Yeah we, yeah, we we talked about it previously in one episode, I think. Uh, I think I mentioned it. Uh, they didn't do shooter games from the beginning. They made a racing game. They did this. They they created a flipper game. I think they did something in terms of Barbie-ish kind of a game. Yeah. as well dress up i think it was uh, that one uh and then they had the success with the battlefield series and then the rest is history and now just a couple of years uh now a few years later or earlier if you want to count it backwards <laughs> <laughs> uh they created this uh, what was it called mirror's edge right oh uh, yeah yeah uh which is also a uh some uh, that was kind of unique at the time I don't think it's kind of unique anymore, but the way that they represent the the aesthetics of a game is unique. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. I I just want to like tie into what what you said there with the first game being a success or second game being a success. Um, they didn't have that success in the early in in their early games days, and now they're a triple A studio. Yeah, ba yeah. basically running over every 
EA game uh, engine out there. <laughs> yeah, I think EA took their engine and just mushed it into the other companies. They kind um, of basically yeah, forced they were running it for it. Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda as well. Um, yeah, they used it for so. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, it, it's it's like it's like you said, nothing is impossible. I mean, that's not what we're saying. Uh, yeah. It's in, just that hold off your dreams until there's the third game. Exactly. I mean, it it has to take to run its course, like like you say in in English. It has to. You need to give it time. It can't be. You need the experience. You need uh, you need the contact network as well. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, the first couple of years, you're just a fool. <laughs> yeah. among giants right yeah. uh, because you, you talk to Nintendo and you're like oh my god this is Nintendo and then uh, <laughs> a few years later it's like hey I got this buddy on Nintendo which is more casual right and yeah. Nintendo wants to talk to you uh, when you're casual not this oh my god I'm your fanboy give me all your money <laughs> yeah, yeah, or take all my money <laughs> take all my money not give me all your money <laughs> <laughs> It's a two-way street, eh? <laughs> exactly. Give me all your money so I can become rich and give you your money back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's it's like you said. I mean, they, they do... You have to remember, like we said, we've said this in numerous episodes, but they've, they've seen a lot of game developers. A lot of game developers trying to pitch something to them. They, they want a piece of that pie. Right, and they want to be a Nintendo affiliate studio, whatever they want to develop for the platform. They've seen, they've seen. It's like publishers; they've seen a lot of game developers, and with experience, I mean, they're they're gonna notice that okay, this guy or this girl has experience. Um, this is the type of person we want to work with. They've developed these games, and they've done this and that. So you need to you need to give it time. Um, that's what we're saying. And then I don't know. Um, like you like you said i don't, i don't know which the best which is the best genre to start with i mean it can be puzzle games those are fairly easy no in okay. my opinion it isn't uh, the the easiest uh, genre that you could go with uh, in my ex- in my experience is the one that you usually play yourself so if you if you're a super mario player create a platformer if you're a league of legends player create a moba game uh but of course, do it like scaled down. You don't have, you don't have to have one hundred and forty characters to play with. Uh, it, it can be enough with just five, six. Uh, yeah. If you're a, if you're a shooter game player, um, and you play say Mario Kart, then you can maybe combine those things with being able to throw, shoot weapons, while you're driving. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have this wreckage of a game where you just wreck stuff, uh, yeah. and then. Uh, yeah, so the th- so my tip is go with the genre that you think that you know the best because when you talk to a publisher, that's w- when you know about the the game that you're creating. That's when the when you give off this confidence, right? Yeah. And if you if you are a Super Smash Brothers player, uh, and you want to create a Super Smash Brothers like clone, then you know what you're talking about. Because you see the flaws in the games that you that you play, yeah, and those are the ones that you want to fix. It's the same thing if you if you're if you don't like playing League of Legends or any other MOBA game. Why? What are the reasons as to why you don't play it? 
Yeah. And if you know the if you know those and combine it with things that you do know, I think you have a recipe for success. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a great advice actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean you're right because because the, you know the market. Um, you know the games you're competing against and like you said, you know the flaws. So when I, somebody actually asks you why do you want to create this game? Then you can just, you know, start telling them a bunch of reasons to why you, f you feel that this competitor and this competitor are not doing things right and why you feel that you're doing things right, which, you know, you have that knowledge and, and people notice when you, when you have knowledge. And exactly. it's easier and to talk about as well. Yeah, I just want to note something and it's really important. Do not talk shit about the game. Do not, I mean, I mean I'm expressing myself really evil right now. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever back talk uh, another game. Just say the reasons why you think that that game falls a bit short or the things that they could have done better because of the reasons that you're thinking of. But never say that this game is really bad because they don't do this. There's always a reason as to why they didn't put that into the game. Yeah. For instance, if you if you have uh, say the the racing uh, the racing genre that we we're talking about in the early uh, stages of this episode, um, they always think of things like physics, right? But they just feel like, hey, adding physics to this game doesn't really make sense because we don't we don't want this game to be about wreckage. We want this game to be a stealth racing game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's even possible. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have this, you as a player, if you just can think in terms of the developers that created the game, you would realize that, huh, all right. Uh, so that's why they didn't put in this thing. Yeah. So the game doesn't, doesn't really suck. Yeah. And also it, a game never sucks because people put in a lot of effort into the game. And when you, when you talk about the game, in in front of a publisher and say that hey this is it is really bad in terms of blah 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 blah, blah then the publisher could have been if you're unlucky of course that publisher could have been part of the team or been an investor of that team who created the game yeah yeah and then you're you've lost your your way already even though your idea might be worth millions the uh, they don't want to work with someone who talks shit about something else. Yeah, and I think we've said this before in yeah. other episodes as well that you know it's it's better to just focus on what your game is doing differently than the other games and why. Exactly. It's exactly. it's just better to focus on your own on your own product uh, yeah. and and why it's good and to acknowledge that there are competitors because there are in in every you game genre. Do. Exactly, uh, but but uh, never focus on you know the, the the negative of why they're doing this bad and blah blah blah. You don't have to explain that because you're not there to explain why somebody else is doing something bad. You're just there to explain what your idea is and why you're doing it the, the way you're doing it, basically. So yeah. it's just uh, um, we we still we we have like four minutes. Uh, before we 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 uh, go over time, but I just wanted to um, talk about platform. I know we we um, we had this discussion uh, before, um, not on a podcast, but me and me and you, I guess personally. So, um, which platform should people go for? 
Oh, you mean as in terms like of mobile the PC, phones mobile, or yeah, PC exactly. or you know? It depends yeah. on the game, I would say. Um, there are a couple of games that are. Uh, uh, some of the consoles are better at doing things. Uh, in contrast to others, for instance, mobile is just exploding. Yeah. Uh, but when you create a game for mobile, it's really hard to get the, someone to pay. $60 for a game uh, on mobile, right? Yeah. So if you if your business plan is to do something uh, more of a premium game, then it's better to focus on consoles. If you're going for something really high-end, really flashy, if you're a first-time developer, just go for PC. It's really easy to get going. You have the you have your game engine that you create stuff in. Uh, you have your PC that you're working with, so you don't have to have anything else. You don't. You you could even do an online game, if if that's the thing that you want to do. Yeah. If you want to create something for the Switch, for the PS4 or five, uh, and the Xbox, then you need to have their, uh, you need to have their SDKs, right? And their uh, development kits, yeah. Develop yeah. kits, please. Exactly. Uh, so that takes quite some time for you to. First of all, convince them of show, of the, that the game that you have is worth for them to invest their SDK in, because there is a limit, and they they want to get as much money out of it as possible. And if you're just a first-time developer, you're probably not going to get the SDK unless the game looks and feels great. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're a if you like the free-to-play model. I would say go for mobile and just add content time and time again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you can, I mean, if you're, you can be either like these games where you, where you can pay and get it ad free, or you can get ads into the game probably exactly. on, on mobile. So you have some opportunities there to make, to make some money. Um, exactly. Right? Yeah. And there is. Uh, stay uh, away from VR is kind of the consensus, basically. Uh, <laughs> but then it's, uh, but it's getting there. Uh, there are when the VR platform is getting more and more accessible, more and more people will start to dig into uh, the the pie of what is VR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, I, I I totally agree actually with uh, with these uh, because um, you know for for Android you you could so if we're talking about platform specific now like mobile you have uh, the big the big ones Android and iOS but for iOS you need to be an Apple developer, you have to pay and you have to develop on a Mac, which might be a, an expensive investment. Um, and and the you same... can't use Unreal Engine anymore. Yeah, exactly. You can't use Unreal Engine anymore and, and all those those things because they're, they, they have this legal battle, battle right now. Um, so exactly, very correct. Um, Android is, is an option, of course. Um, but then, and then you, you have the, the whole SDK thing with, uh, with the, the consoles, cause you have to remember that the consoles, while, while they're, they're mainstream processors right now, at least, you know, from the PS4 and, and, uh, onwards and PS5 and so on, uh, they do still have their own operating system. They do have their own binaries and executables. They don't build them the same way. Uh, they have you know x86 instruction sets but um yeah so so you kind of you you need those things and then it kind of gets complicated so pc and i guess android are the more sim simpler ways of, of getting getting through but yeah android is a bit more complicated because if you 
you need a phone to test stuff with and and all that and that takes uh, that takes time as well so actually you don't have to have a phone. oh you have the uh, emulator you're right yeah exactly yeah you, not only do you have the emulator but you also have the the game engines themselves have uh, built-in emulators basically oh that's true uh, you're with right with a lot of different screen sizes that you can test on etc yeah uh, um, but yeah, that's but it's always always a good idea to test it on the on the actual hardware that you want the the game to run on because if you go below thirty FPS, I think it was something thirty maybe fifteen, uh, then it won't be passed into the 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 Play Store, and then you need to go back and optimize the game even more yeah. so that you get that frame rate that is expected of you as a developer yeah I because, can't really because the there number, are a lot of android devices out there so you have to make sure that it runs decently on most of them at least yeah. uh, i'm guessing so at least the supported devices from from uh from google from google from a google perspective uh, exactly. for, for pc it's a, a bit easier because you can set the minimum requirements and say well yeah you know if you don't have the hardware required you can buy new hardware or uh you know play at lower lower settings but you'll have you you won't have the the best experience so yeah the thing is with pc is that you you need to have the setting the the options page basically yeah. into a game where the the player can choose to go to a lower spec yeah exactly and uh, but um i i agree i i guess pc is probably uh the the safest option to to start with but it's all uh, like you said before um it's uh it's all um dependent depending on which type of game you want to play and what model business model you have so yeah i mean if you have a party game you probably don't want to play it uh, solo on a pc right yeah exactly you, you want to play it together with people yeah which is probably going to be a console game yeah or console or mobile yeah 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 uh, it uh depends. there's also one thing that i want to mention here uh, it also depends on the the controllers that you want to use if yeah. you want to play if you want to create a hack and slash game on a pc uh make sure that you can also play it with the controllers so you have the xbox controller you have the steam controller etc uh, because not everyone plays the plays a game with keyboard and mouse and it makes no sense sometimes to play with the keyboard and mouse yeah so think of that as well if it's a controller kind of game you could probably port it easily to a console as well yeah that's true that's true well okay i think uh we're past the hour now and we talked about platforms as well which uh is really nice uh, <laughs> do we want to, to say anything uh anything more uh no that was actually a good second episode of the year and i'm looking forward to the next one yeah, the next one actually. Uh, I I, uh, I want to go back to cloud gaming again. It's been a bit more evolved now, and uh, yeah, okay. I want to have a recommendation of which cloud service I recommend. So, hang on for that cliffhanger until the <laughs> next one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much, Juicy. Thank you, Maxi Boy. Thank you everyone for listening, and uh, see you next week. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye.